For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome to So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Every Wednesday from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, James, Josh, Kramer, AJ, Brian, and the one and only Chirk Berserk get together to discuss a wide variety of topics across the sports world. During these discussions, we let our opinions fly with a dash of comedy. And now, here's your show. So, what's the case? Are we good, Chirk? <laughs> we are live here on So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. And we have a new member to the team this week. Welcome to the show, Gino. Why, thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> so uh, before we get into the uh, recap or review of the Browns-Chiefs game, some real quick breaking news. Odell Beckham Jr. is out this week versus the Houston Texans. Can't say I'm surprised. He's still only 10 months out from that ACL tear. So... Honestly, I imagine they're probably going to keep him on ice until they face a game when they need him. And I looked at their schedule. To me, that says when they play the Chargers because the next three games should be wins. They're not going to need him. But let's get into it. Browns, Chiefs, review. Uh, what's your quick reactions, thoughts? Browns should have won the game. Besides that. Yeah, it's an obvious <laughs> one. I would uh, say encouraged is my word. One word. Let's do one word. One, one word, word answers. Okay. Encouraged. So your word is Encouraged. Yeah, my words. What's yours? Which? Oh, my word is. Um, I guess I'm gonna. I'm stealing yours. Encouraged. I am encouraged. We'll share it. My word is late. <laughs> uh, and munchies because I'm late because I had to grab munchies. But as far as the game went, disappointed. Okay. Uh, just by the end, disappointed. Okay. Potential. Potential. It's another good one. Uh, it smells like potential. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Shout out Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, my word would be simple, Mahomes. Uh, that, that's that's also a good one. Uh, that you is know, a good one. what was your word? Mine's going to be improvement because man, they just fell apart. I mean, they can't play. I mean, they barely lost. I mean, with all the mistakes that they made, um, to still cover the spread, um, to go on the road and be an arrowhead, to play the caliber game they played. Um, yeah, the end result wasn't what we wanted, but overall, they couldn't keep the game against so really that So what I look at is that coming into the game, the obvious uh, superior team between the two teams was the Chiefs. Yes. Very much, very obvious. And what was going to have to happen between these two teams is that the Browns are going to have to play a perfect game because of the the talent gap that favors the Chiefs and also because of the talent gap at the quarterback position. Okay. And for the first half, the Browns played a perfect game. They were perfect do you on think offense and defense. What they, you got over there, Chirk? I was about to ask, do you think they would have won the game if they scored that touchdown? When? Like when they were, like, uh, lateraling the ball? No. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. No. Half yeah, no, no uh, not, not, the, not the trick play where Baker ended up running it for oh, no you, reason. So you, but, you mean, like, similar to the Miami Miracle? Yes. Uh, no, they wouldn't. That, would, yes. that doesn't that doesn't impact the game for me. But here's here's what I'm what I'm saying is that they were perfect until they weren't. Yes. They yes. weren't perfect in the second half. The, um, the first thing that I saw that like just really like made me doubt it is when uh, uh what's his name the Jedrick Willis got injured. 
Jedrick Wills. Yeah, that did not help. Uh, Chris Hubbard played fine, but Chris Hubbard's a fine backup tackle. He's not a starting caliber tackle. Right. So when things started not going the Browns' way, I was not necessarily all that surprised. It was kind of like, okay, you see the difference between a good team and a great team. A good team has to play perfect to play a, to beat a great team. A great team can play good and not perfect and still beat a good team. The Browns seemed great in that game. So going into this game, Dave, you said like repeatedly that uh, you want no mistakes. So when they made three mistakes, that, that's a little bit more than one. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit more than one. Uh, the the first mistake, honestly, in the game was obviously the the Nick Chubb fumble. Uh, the the second one being Jamie Gillen's botched punt, which I still don't understand why he didn't he at least rugby style punt the ball. Yeah, because he could have gotten he, he that off. He could have gotten that off. He could have gotten off a rugby style punt. Uh, the third one being the interception, which ended their final game. Their uh, the final uh, possession of the game where Baker ended up throwing the interception uh, was obviously another issue. But there's a, a whole lot more into that entire play. Uh, it looked like he was trying to throw a, a ball straight out of bounds or straight to Harrison Bryant on the sideline. Yeah. But once Sorensen clipped him, it turned into a little uh, moon ball that was easily interceptable. So, so let me ask you this then. So it sounds like you're saying that Browns lost this game. Does everyone – so this is for the group then. Do you feel like the Brown, the Chiefs won this game or do you feel like the Browns lost it? Yes. It's yes, because uh, the, the Chiefs obviously won this game because they did what they needed to do. They they took care of business. They were able to overcome the mistakes. They were able to play and play imperfectly and still win. That's ultimately the difference between a team that has, actually has legitimate Super Bowl aspirations and expectations and one which is a hopeful and maybe wins a playoff game or two. So the Chiefs won. The Browns lost. It's both. So... I would say it was a little more the Browns lost it because, as you were saying, they were playing so well in that first half, and it looked like they had the Chiefs on the ropes, and it was it was like they just had a couple mental breakdowns, which is why I'm saying the Browns lost it more than the Chiefs winning it. Yeah, when they lost the It's so hard with Mahomes because... Yeah, uh, um, Brian, I really... I don't know why I can't hear your mic. Yeah, I, I don't think Jeremy's is on. That, that's, 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 just a, that's just headphones. Yeah, that's, that's not going to do anything else. <laughs> um, the only people we can hear for the headphones right now are James and Josh. Just that in there. Um, keep talking. I'm going to see what I can do. Live radio. <laughs> yep. <laughs> keep talking. <sighs> Weird, but yeah, I, I going back to your question if people can even hear me, which I don't think that they can, so maybe you should just keep talking. <laughs> um, we're just having a couple technical difficulties right now, um, as we do at Camp Wise. Technical difficulties, <laughs> technical difficulties. <laughs> That's our. That's a shout-out to the camp I went to as a camper from 2010 to 2012, and I was a staff member from 2017, technically until 2020, although with 2020, you know, COVID came in and wrecked everything. 
Okay, now we yeah. it, it appears we, we have go. our mics yeah. on now. All right. So we do apologize for the first part of the show. Uh, yeah. You wanna, may not have heard what some of us were saying. So I want to here I come to save the day. Yeah, thank you, James. Yeah. So I'll, so being that we had a little bit of technical difficulties, I'll ask the question again: Did the Browns win the game, or did the Chiefs? Or uh, correction: Did the Chiefs win the game, or was it that the Browns lost? Both yeah, lessons. I'm going to say, yeah, a little bit of both, obviously, but just because of the fact that we had the lead at halftime and, you know, we were in position to win that game and close it out. Yeah. I'm going to say that the Browns did lose that game. But at the same rate, though, it, the Chiefs are one of those teams where it's just like you're always in the back of your mind thinking there's a lot of football left. There's a lot of football left. Because yeah. that's a team that can flip the score and put 17, you know, 14, 17, 21 points up in a flash. And th- I mean, literally, they're going to score every drive They're eventually. almost like the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's NFL. very, very similar. I remember them at the Super Bowl when they, I like, didn't they? Put up a lot of points. They had, like, a... 21 answer, unanswered points. Like with yeah, the, right. They, they can the score real quick. But so, what moment, in your guys' opinion, is the moment that the Browns lost the game? Because we can all agree that they lost the game. The Chiefs won, but what is the moment that the game was lost for the Browns? The, because the Jamie Gillen play. The yeah. Jarvis Landry touchdown. That makes no sense. Yeah, that makes um, no sense. <laughs> why does it not make sense? We're saying why we lost the well, game. What is the moment the Browns lost the game? Because yeah. of that injury that happened because of that. Okay, interesting. We got there. Okay. Look, look I'm at, gonna say look it's at how many sacks sp- Baker had after uh, Jedrick got injured. Sure. I, I would say, like, the Jamie Gillen thing, but at the same rate, like, the Chiefs were going to march down the field and score anyway, probably. So I don't know that that's the moment. So The moment I choose is the Nick Chubb fumble. Because there, yes, at that there, that's – yeah, I'm going to agree with you in, there then. In the grand scheme of things, at that moment in time, there's still a lot of game left, but – the Browns had a chance to go back up. Exactly. And get, extend their lead. Make it a two-score game. An answer. And for the first time, really answer. Have to answer a Chiefs mm-hmm. score. Exactly. And they didn't. And the Chiefs went up. Down. They only scored a field goal. Mm-hmm. The Jamie Gillen fumble and subsequent touchdown by the Chiefs, that's inconsequential. The Chiefs were yeah. already clicking on full cylinders. That's they were to score a touchdown. My no thoughts exactly on that play. So, the yep. Chubb one, they could have kept momentum on their side. They still could have controlled the game controlled the clock, something that they did in the first half but didn't in the second. How about yeah. the penalty for uh, for Harrison? Harrison, that, that was a dumb penalty. That wasn't a uh, game-losing or game-changing play, in my opinion. And that yeah. whole he was stumbling. and it, it wasn't like he was stepping on the player. He was stumbling. And, the I mean, in my opinion, the coach for the uh, Chiefs should have been in trouble. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't – I watched the replay. It didn't look like Ronnie Harrison really did anything mm-hmm. wrong on that huh. play, so I don't get why he was penalized. But your point is totally valid about most likely the Chiefs would have scored on that if Jamie P- Gillum had punted mm-hmm. it successfully. Right. But we don't know that for sure. Maybe the Browns could have limited them to a field goal instead of giving up the touchdown. So for you, that's the moment? Is yeah. That what be- you're saying? Okay. Because it, maybe they ch- – Again, the Chiefs were scoring on offense. I mm-hmm. get it. They were yeah. firing. But maybe the Browns' defense would have stepped up in that position. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So the only reason I'm going to push back on that is the Browns' defense really didn't step up at all in that game. Sure. Uh, for the most part, they did the bend but don't break type thing. We can talk a little bit more about this in the next segment, which is still more Browns' discussion. Mm. But uh, it, they were essentially making the Chiefs work 
offensively mm -hmm. in the first half. They made them work for each thing, and still for most of the second half they did too. But we can, again, break down the numbers a little bit more in this next segment. If I'm going to be honest, though, like, none of, and for some reason I'm still turned down a little, but whatever. I, I can fix it. In um, yeah, if I'm going to be honest, none of those are the reasons for me, though, that we lost the game. Like, for me, we, we lost the game when Baker's interception happened because up till that moment, we had a, we were in it. We had a chance to come back. We had two drives in the fourth where if we would have scored on either one of those drives, it might have been a different story. So as a Baker fan and somebody who loves Baker, i got to come down hard on Baker that I still feel like that's the moment the game was lost. And that's a fair point because, you know, at the end of the day, that was the moment that the game was literally over yeah. for the Browns. Right. Yeah. yeah. That interception. Two, okay, you had the two drives that the Chiefs get right back in the game and the Browns stumble with a three and out. I mean. Mm. It just has, it goes back to having to be perfect. Like, you're going to mm -hmm. have to answer every time Mahomes mm -hmm. runs down the field. And that's why I said they were perfect until they weren't. But with that, we get to hit a break. Uh, during the break, I'm going to fix uh, Kramer's mic. When we come back, we got more Browns talk. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about the numbers of Baker and whether or not it was actually that good of a performance. My dad came to live with us last month, and, you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. His memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help. But so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. 
Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. We feel a lot like Rodney Dangerfield because Cleveland gets no respect. Oh, well, welcome back to So What's the Catch. And we are back here on So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Hopefully the technical difficulties are now. Let me see. I, I hear there myself. We there we go. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. We got you. Like I said Thank earlier you, in the last segment, here I come to save the day. I am Mighty Mouse. Okay. Right. All right. Anyways. I'm bringing sexy back. <laughs> <laughs> so off mic, we were talking about Baker Mayfield and whether we think what? I, I don't know. I'm just laughing at myself honestly, <laughs> at this point. Go ahead. But anyway, off mic, we were talking about Baker Mayfield and how you might be a Baker hater or not. But either way, do we think Baker had a good game? So, hold on. Hold on. I, I am not a Baker hater. I'm a Baker realist. Let, let James <laughs> okay. make his case, and then we'll decide if he's okay. a Baker hater. I wouldn't say a Baker realist. I'd say you're a Baker pessimist. <laughs> yes. I feel like yes. that's a good term, but let's... Okay, let's I, I'm a Baker say. realist because here's why. If you go, if you do yourself a favor and go and venture out of the world to Twitter, you see his numbers. 21 to 28, 321 yards, one interception, okay? Everyone's like, oh my God, he threw for 300 yards. He didn't do that at all last year. He completed 70% of his passes. He like never did that last year. But... Dive into the numbers real quick. How impressive was he? Pretty so, impressive. Pretty. Hold on. Do you know how many yards that he threw for that came after the catch? 180. Huh? So over half of his yards that he got for passing yards, he had nothing to do with. Yeah, but that's you, not necessarily true though. Yes, you got to yes, leave. Yes, it is. You that can't, is no. That's, yes, it is. No, you it's can't not. That, that is not true. Can. As as somebody who played the wide receiver position, that's a hundred percent not true. That's not hundred percent not true. That you, Baker, you can. The quarterback absolutely can acquire yards after the catch for his receiver. Sometimes. If, if you lead your receiver on a route and you hit him in stride, he's naturally going to acquire more yards after the catch. I'm just saying the way the numbers are being treated on the world of the Internet is entirely different than the way they actually happened. Yes, but okay. I don't... I feel so like he sure, did yeah. did not throw for 320 yards. He accumulated. Right, but I'm not saying I mean, he was perfect. I'm just all I'm saying right. is he had a good game. You're yeah. both I, right I, to I a certain a degree, game. but what I want to know now, what I'm what I'm wondering now, so tell me what Mahomes that same stat. That yeah. same stat? Yeah, I'd let's be see curious if we can, to know that let's too, see if yeah. we can find the same stat for Mahomes. Because I'm just curious. I want to put this into perspective somehow. Yeah. So, um, and, and the only thing I can do is, look, I've been saying all week, like, the we played against the Cadillac of the NFL. Absolutely. So we have to compare it to that. So let's, yeah. let's compare it to, the, you know, the... I'm the finding numbers. But uh, two other things there. I would just like to bring into, uh, into discussion here, and there are two things that I've always talked about when it comes to Baker. He's a quarterback who's better out of play action. Mm-hmm. Okay. And bootlegs. And so here's here's where I'm going to compliment Baker. Okay. He was excellent in play action. Yes, on he was. Seven yes. plays, he averaged just about 19 yards per attempt on play action plays. The other 21, he averaged just under nine yards per pass attempt. So, okay. So that comes into my criticism of him being a drop back passer and why the need to do more play action. Kudos to play action. Not so much. To straight back, drop back. So, but that's it's not a drop back league anymore. It you know? really isn't, and that's why, I James, your point is totally valid. But I am gonna side with Brian on this one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, because yes, it's the quarterback who makes the throw, so they're getting yards on that pass. I get that. But once the wide receiver makes the catch, they have to like make some sort of move to try and 
possibly evade multiple defenders or a defender to try and get more yards to turn a five-yard pass possibly into a 15-yard play or a 25-yard play. So that's why I'll shift out of Browns Chiefs for just a second and just say that like in the Super Bowl, for example, it always seems to be the quarterback who wins Super Bowl MVP. I would like to see the wide receiver and just playmakers get more attention in that regard. Quarterback's eyes have a lot to do with how the defense reacts too. And you can look off a safety. You can you can have him and if you affect the way that the safety is covering it, that's gonna get your receiver yards after catch. That's my Perci- point. There's precisely. some give and take there. Okay, so I found our answer here. He had hundred and forty of his three hundred and thirty seven, so basically the inverse of what Baker had. And also so about half. Well, yeah, yeah about a quarter. Yeah, yeah. Just sure. that, that's basically the point I'm trying to make here. Is that you, you look at the two different cor- types of quarterbacks. One guy, he is making those passes that are a little bit more difficult. He is making those passes where he's not relying on his playmaker to make an excellent play to do them. The other one, it's the guy gets the ball in his hands and a lot of the yards comes after the catch. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, when speaking from a yard standpoint, it's air yards versus yards after catch. Or, you know, total yards accumulated. That's what I'm trying to say. Are you saying Baker is just was a check down quarterback? No, but the guy we're playing this week is. Tyrod. (laughs) Who also played for us. Yeah. Tyrod Tyrod getting injured is the reason Baker came in in the first place. I was actually at that Jets game when he came in. I started off right in the first segment without a mic saying that uh, (laughs) (laughs) that I'm a Baker guy. You know, I've been with Baker since day one. I like Baker. I've cheered him on. But there was a few things that worried me even, and, and the one most for me was that he didn't even have a uh, throwing touchdown. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing, though? To me, yeah, it, it kind of is. Yeah. It isn't, it isn't. It isn't, though. It's it is and it isn't. It, it is when you have to play a comeback style of game and you have to play a team like the Chiefs. It's disappointing. However, when you consider the type of offense the Browns run, you don't want him throwing the ball that much. Right. So you want rushing touchdowns. Exactly. Well, getting back to the offense they run, though, and what you were just saying, okay, so you say all these, you're talking about the drop back plays and how many there were and how mm-hmm. successful he was. So do you feel that falls on Baker? Or is that more of a Stefanski problem? I would say that's more Stefanski, honestly, because... Yeah. He, because I didn't ask you. I just don't know the throw. <laughs> Here's my thing. I, I don't know the throw that Baker cannot make. Like this, this idea that you have that there, are, there are some things that Baker isn't capable of. I'm not seeing it that I'm not, way. I don't see it either. He can not, make every throw on the I'm not football field. He's not capable. I, I'm saying he's significantly better doing other throws. Sure, and yeah. It's better but you to can't. Your, your offense to those type of throws. Sure. Because if you're in a situation where you have to do the straight back drop back, when you can't do the play action. Yeah, but having a good running back way. shouldn't be an indictment on the quarterback. Right. Just because you have a strong running game, right. that's a good that's, thing to have for a quarterback. That's not but a that's criticism not. of Baker. I'm just saying it when you look at the type of offense, the type of throws, where he's successful versus where he's less successful. Give me the play action throws. Give me the rollouts. Give me the sure. reverse right. rollouts. Sure. Versus him going Every quarterback has their strength. Right. Here's the thing, Brian. Yeah. Here's the thing, Brian. His strength is I think I think in order to yeah. really have a strong play action game, not only do you, does the quarterback have to be capable of doing it, you have to have a running back that can help you mm-hmm. really establish that running game. Because if you have a average to subpar running back, your running game, your play action game 
isn't going to be believable, and the defense is going to be like, yeah, no, we're not buying this crap. That's right. Look at the Steelers last year. You know? Exactly. And both of you are right that, as Gino just said, the play-action game is designed to spread the field. And just as you said, Steelers weren't able to do that because James Conner, exactly. I'm sorry, yeah. he's a below-average running back. Right, he doesn't have the abilities to do the things. Right. Precisely. Yeah. Right. So you, in order to have a successful play-action game, you have to have a solid running game. average to above-average running back. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Chiefs are a little bit different in that regard, but I think the idea still applies. The, 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 the Chiefs' the, passing the game almost opens up their running game. It's almost exactly, backwards there. It is backwards yeah, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. the normal conventional thinking is a good running game is going to open up the pass, mm-hmm. but the Chiefs' passing game is so strong and that it so actually elite. works in it's reverse. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I wanted to go to next, looking at the, the Chiefs' offense versus the Browns' defense. Uh, the, there was a lot of criticism for the Browns' defense and the way that things happened in the second half, but honestly, the way that they designed their defense, mm-hmm. this was the way they wanted it to do wanted this to go. Outside of the one touchdown to Tyree Kill, they wanted the Chiefs to work for each yard they got. They did not want to get beat deep. They didn't want to get beat by chunk plays. And you look at Tyree Kill, yeah, he had 200 yards, but it took him 11 catches to get there. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey had 76, it took him six. We've seen both guys meet or exceed those numbers with half the amount of catches. Absolutely. So from a defensive standpoint, they did things the right way. It's just they got, honestly, they got chiefsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they well, did. I know for me, continuity and consistency. You know, you're gonna right. get that with time. I know for me, I'm still just having a hard time separating myself from the emotion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's hard not to do that. And realistically, not. like when I was talking about this last week, all I said was, "I want a competitive Browns team." Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were competitive. Yeah. I With mean, the best based, team in the league. Based on what, so so it's still kind of skewed it's the way I feel about this. It's hard to tell until we play another game or two. I sure. think it's really skewed. Yep. I think it's skewed for everyone because we're all native. We're all Clevelanders, whether we're na- native or. Na- like, I got. We, we live in Cleveland. Yes, the people the know what you mean. Starving for an opening season win. Huh? Right. Mm-hmm. I think, and you, that that statistic hung heavy over everyone's head too. I mean, yeah. you gotta. We looked that stat up. We're like, what? Oh, one fifteen yeah, and one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one since '99 when we came back. Yeah, We've only had one since in 2004. That's that Steelers whopping. Yeah, and since yeah. 2004. We haven't won an opening day game. Yeah, and I know, right. like, as a player, you're not supposed to let that affect you. But in reality, it does. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That, that's 100%. hanging over your head of your baker out there. You're thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So It's a great game plan. It, yeah. it just, at the end of the day, we got beat by a better team because we didn't execute in the second half. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where I kept coming back to, though, is the way they came out and the way they played, even, like, through, through the, all the entire game up until, like, the last couple plays, mm-hmm. um, they played fairly well. Like, it, oh, it yeah. looked so much better mm-hmm. than any other first game we've played. Yeah, sure. they were in it. They had a chance mm-hmm. to win. It's, it's basically, you know, all we were asking for is to be competitive, if not win. Uh, we've got about like what less than a minute left, Trip. Yeah, about we got about forty-five seconds. Forty-five seconds. How, how hey, forty-five you, seconds how, is all I need to take a victory lap. Because I take a victory <laughs> lap right now because there's nothing more I love than taking victory laps. Shout out Rashard Higgins. Four total snaps hey, because he is out. so integral to their offense. Oh wait, he's not. 
like I've been saying for I don't know six months that they don't need him. You they were do right. Need, they do need him. They you don't. Were right. They don't they do. need him. Why do they need him, Jerk? Yeah. You got like twenty seconds. Because yeah. he's Hollywood Higgins. Okay, oh. so oh. and no targets. So we just pay. We're paying everybody named Hollywood now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so do you want? So do you want to make a trade with Baltimore and bring in Hollywood Brown then? Can I tell you oh, something? People Marquise in Brown? Baltimore yeah, don't know that Rashard Higgins' nickname is Hollywood. Yeah. Just no. so you know. <laughs> Most people with, don't. But with that, we gotta head to break. We come back. Guess what? More football. Yeah. Yep. If you drive buzzed, it could cost you around $10,000. You'll face major legal fees, major fines, and steep insurance penalties. You could lose everything. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey, the dreaded <laughs> splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. You wanted the best? Well, too bad. You're stuck with us. It's So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. All right, we are back here on So What's the Catch. Quite a contentious first half hour, but you know what? If it's not contentious, it's not worth listening to. So That's the yeah. right there. <laughs> and we are getting into a topic that I think is a lot of fun and could should generate some conversation. Okay, so let me, let me say real quick, <laughs> I think we should have a... Uh, 
an asterisk on this. You can't pick your favorite team. Okay, so then for okay. everybody, pretty much the Browns are out. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to pick Michigan. You're going to pick Penn State. We're all going to pick Ohio State. And we're just going to be like, well, they're our favorite team, so. No, I wasn't actually going to pick Penn State. So no. you can't pick your favorite team. Nobody knows what we're talking about yet. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so helmet what design. we're talking about is football <laughs> helmet designs. So we're gonna actually before we get into college, we're gonna start with the NFL. Okay. Oh. So twist. Yeah, I was so, expecting any, the reverse. So that means you cannot pick the Browns. Okay. I'll go first. Chargers. Ooh, Ooh I like that one. Uh, that's a good pick. I like the Chargers. Chargers is a solid pick. I like. Uh, There's something cool about that lightning bolt in that helmet. I, I think so it. too. I think it's it's simple. It's effective. It's it and I love that like the. The cream white color, whatever it is, yeah. pearl white or whatever. I think it's sharp on a helmet. It belongs yeah. in yeah. San Diego, not Los Angeles. That's Besides that's point, fair. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I am actually going to say the Philadelphia Eagles. I love the wings on that logo on that helmet. For some reason, I absolutely love it. It's one of the older, classical helmets now, I guess. I'm actually going to go a little left field on this. I like the Raiders helmet. Okay. Um, that's not just, left field. I think that's a great Yeah, one. that's yeah. not left field. I, I mean, it's it's not like a colorful, obviously. Not right. a colorful, like, you know, bright one. But I like it because I feel like it matches the team. Yeah, You know, and that's one uniform I always look at when they come in. And, and it's like, oh, they're, they're a gritty, tough team. Mm-hmm. You know, gray kind of symbolizes that in a way. Anyways... Yeah, I, I'd go with the That's a great Raiders. pick. All I right. like the Raiders helmet. Gino, who you got? I'm going to go with the Saints. Saints? Saints? Yeah, the Fleur de Lis is a great logo. It's awesome. All right. Shirk? Uh, I'm going to have to actually go with the Jets. Interesting. Interesting. Are you, are you which which iteration? Are you yeah. looking at the current image for their lo- helmet? I'm not even sure off the top of my no. head what their helmet I'm looking at. I think now. it just says Jets and it has the little. Yeah, it's the, like the old school logo. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, I got yeah. it. I see it. When I was yeah. thinking about this particular subject, there were a couple ones. I'm like, man, if they would have had their old ones, I would have totally, absolutely considered them. You know, the old school Dolphins one would have been up there. You know, how can you not like a dolphin with a football helmet on its head? Yeah. Sure. Um, is the reason you like that because it kind of looks a little old school? Yeah, the, the just Jets. Like it has that old school. Yeah, like, yeah. It has that old school. The, uh, yeah. the older yeah. version of the Rams helmet before they made this atrocity that they're currently watching. I'm going to say one that might shock people. I'm going to say the Washington football team. That one's a fun uh, Great helmet. That, it reminds With the you, number. With, it reminds I, I love the number helmets. Al- it's... I want to agree with you, but it reminds me too much of Alabama. Yeah, I hate Bama, too. You know, too, the but longer they go without a name, I feel like they should just make that their name at this point. They're down to, like, yeah. eight so options. Probably not going to be a popular answer here. It's not the Steelers, even though they're probably my secondary pick for this. Ravens. No, my not favorite team. Dallas Cowboys. That's your favorite helmet, you're saying? No, that's the one I'm thinking Oh. Best helmet design. Okay, I got If I'm you. being 100% honest, I like black, black helmets. Yeah, uh, the Steelers one's cool. And the Steelers, like the Steelers one's the best helmet. black helmet. I just, it's hard for me to it's bring myself cool. to say that. Okay. Yeah, me too. I have two that I want to put out there. The Seahawks and the Colts. Ooh, Colts look good one. I like the Colts. Colts. What about I'm, not this? W- I'm not with the birds, but I like the Colts. I love the Seahawks one because it's like it starts out at the back and extends out. Yeah, I love that. So you like the complete look of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll put Titans at my second. Ooh, I hate the Titans. Yeah. The, you don't like the Titans? I like the white helmets. I don't like the blue one. Yeah. yeah. The blue helmet just doesn't. It I, doesn't the, match for me. They went from a, probably a league average helmet, in my opinion, to one of the worst. Okay. What about Green Bay? 
I like Green Bay. Someone's a solid one. Okay, let it's me ask you one. about, like, what about ones, like, that are, like, themed, like, the Bengals, the Stripes, you know? Or uh, who's the other one that has, like, uh, one that's kind of, like, animal-themed like that? The Broncos? No, oh. not the Broncos Wait. one. The, the hold ba- on. I do like the, the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals with the tiger helmet, and then there's another one that's like an animal print. Why can't I think? Oh, of that? Panthers, Bears, Panthers. Uh, Falcons, hold on, Rams, Eagles. Eagles. No, there's you, actually a lot. Jaguars. You're not under. I'm, I'm not explaining it properly. Is Lions. The um. You're thinking of one that like has that tiger claw or like that tiger logo, like the. Oh, okay, like the Rams, like the Rams, because it's the horns for the Rams. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was yeah. asking, like, do you like oh. ones that incorporate, like, they try to make it look like. A, See, I like the. You know e- what I'm saying now. I like the old Rams one. I don't like the new one. Yeah. They, okay. They messed it up uh, quite a bit. How do you feel about Tampa Bay's? Nah. I, Get, come on, give me Bucko Bruce back. Yeah. Bucko I, Bruce was awesome. Okay. Yeah. My favorite. Pa- if I had to pick. Going to the Patriots, I don't. The flying Elvis is okay, but that Pat the Patriot logo yeah. with that—they need to bring that back. Shout Ooh. out if you're actually referring to both flying Elvis and Pat the Patriot. But let's go to college now. Pick your favorite college helmet that's not or best helmet college design. Okay, that's that, not your favorite team. Ooh. Okay. This one tough is a much wider. Yeah, no, I'm trying, like, there's, it's hard to find I am, all the college football I'm helmets. I'm going to kind of take your logic of the black helmet. I'm going with Iowa. Okay. Mm, okay. Okay, interesting. That, um, it's boring to me, but I understand <laughs> it. I can't go, I wanted to choose Nebraska, but the N on their helmet is just too small. Yeah. I can see that. I'm a big fan of the Maryland State flag helmets. Oh, I think those, those are those dope. Are cool. yeah, I think those I are those. so cool. I think that's the best. Is that their normal helmet or is that a, a I, secondary helmet? I think, I think it's, it's a, a secondary, second. but well, it's... If we're, doing, be- if we're doing secondary helmets, I have my answer. Okay. Uh, when Michigan State wears their alternate helmets. Okay, like, like the, the bright like neon the, green ones? I was talking about the Browns ones. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with those ones. Those ones are sweet when they totally just embody the whole Spartan mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I love that. Um, Did you choose? You said Iowa? Yeah. Uh, okay, that's not bad, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just looking through some now. Yeah. Because um, it's hard for me to even picture every team's helmet. Yeah, There's so many is. college teams. Yeah, there, I, there's how about it, helmets you hate? I hate Notre Dame's gold helmets. Yeah. Those are Those are Okay, even... Even if <coughs> Michigan, um, <laughs> <laughs> you never those two. Just, just messing with you. No, I am. I, 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 gotta some, I gotta show some respect to Michigan's helmets because they were the first ones to actually put a design on a leather helmet. So That's a fact. Yeah, congratulations to them. They we invented paint. helmet design. Congratulations uh, to them. They found paint. How about uh, the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey. because Ohio State were men, we played without hem- helmets. <laughs> See, how about, the, how about the Miami helmet? Oh, with the U? The U. The U. Ooh, yeah. uh, similar to that, I like USC. Florida's alternate with just the F on the side instead of the Gator. Those ones are kind of cool. They don't actually yeah. have the Gator on their primary helmet. It says Gators in their the text. Whatever. You got my point. The, the alternate <laughs> one with the F Josh on over here. You're always picking at the, the little the little seams. So that's how I am. I'm very detail oriented in that sense. I kind of like LSU's. Oh yeah, those somewhat. Are yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I would say, does Purdue still use their helmet where not their primary? Does do they have a helmet with the train logo on it? 
They do. The okay. Boilermaker one yeah, that has I, the train. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I like Cal's like old school, just Cal helmets. I, I think the colors are good. I like the those old helmets. Old helmets. Okay. Ones. Yeah, those, those are good, good too. too. Yep. Yeah. And I, I like the USC helmet too. For some reason, I think that's it's a strong logo. I like it. I would choose Oregon, and we'll talk about Oregon later in the show, but. They have too. They come out with too way, many. Yeah, way they, too many. Right. Yeah, they do have too many. Um, Chirk. Yeah. Did you pick a helmet? I did. I said Miami. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They all like, pick good helmets. I like Clemson's. Clemson's is all right. Okay. I like Clemson too. What I, about? Yeah, Flo- that's a good one. Here's another one. Florida State. No. I love that spear on there. Right, oh, so the spear one I like better than the seminal one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about no. the seminal no, no, one. No, 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 no. Okay, the spear one is good. Yeah, I, like I that love one a lot. the spear. Ryan, you were just talking about gold helmets and how you hate Notre Dame's. Uh, well, now I'm looking through some of these pictures, and I'm looking at University of Pitt, and uh, like that's gold, and I actually don't think it's too bad. What do you think about that the one? The Pitt helmet? Let me see which one. That's gold with Pitt and all Oh, oh, yeah, I love that helmet. See, so it's, yeah. it's all about how you yeah. do it. But that so, to me, that's more of a yellow than gold, I thought gold, so, too, though. but it's gold is what it's... It's listed the, as gold yeah, as the, the color. The university gold. gold. The old one was more kind of a pale yellow color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, So okay. Uh, we I only like got a couple minutes left here, but that gives us more than enough time for the random Cleveland Athlete of the Week a little bit earlier in the show. Let's today. hear wow, it. All right. Doesn't matter. It's all good. Um, so, our random Cleveland athlete of the week was Close born your in 1984 in Bryan, Texas. Who has the answer? Ooh. All right, I'm going to try to move away because I can see your computer, Cal. Mm. Uh, Wait, this is a bronze player, right? Yes, 37 years old. Yep. Sean Jones. It is not Sean Jones. Okay. He was Helen Winslow Jr. That was a Kellen Winslow no. He was selected. He wasn't even alive then. <laughs> <laughs> he was selected by the Cleveland Browns in the seventh round of the 2000 NFL draft. He played college football at Arizona. Spurgeon Wynn. Not Spurgeon Wynn. The 2000 uh, NFL draft, you said? Yeah, 2007. 2007. Oh, 2007. The past couple weeks, you've been going with these early 2000s Browns, mm-hmm. and those are some like really weird rosters. Hard to, yeah. yeah. Hard to Can you remember. repeat the last hint, though, that you just yeah. said? Uh, yes, he was drafted in the seventh round of the 2007 NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns. Okay. And he's from Arizona, correct? He, he went to Arizona. For college. Seven. Um, 2007, uh, Arizona. What position? I haven't got, I haven't there, got yet. there yet. Standing what was his name? <laughs> standing at a very tall, five foot nine, he was a wide receiver slash kick returner. Ooh. Josh Cribbs? It is not Josh Cribbs. That would have been went too, to Kent State. Yeah. That's the first one who came to mind for me, too. There's not too many. Arizona kicked This was around. a very dark year for the Cleveland Browns in uh. 2008 when he played his only season for the team actually appearing in games. Hmm. Chancey Stuckey? It is not Chancey Stuckey. That's, you're, you're getting in the right that realm. That was a good guess. Except Chancey Stuckey, we, we got him because we traded Braylon Edwards to the Jets. That was a horrible trade. Okay, but anyways, his number was 12. Tom Brady. It is not Tom Brady. Dang it. (laughs) Josh Gordon. No. No. He he just got reinstated. They're trying to reinstate him again. I can picture the guy, but I can't think of his name. Number 12, 5'9", kick returner. He finishes only year with the Browns with 19 receptions for 182 yards, no touchdowns, eight first downs. He returned 
two punts for 23 yards, three kicks for 61 yards. Who is it? He had fumbled once, and he recovered it. Uh, Greg Little. It's not Greg Little. Uh, we got to go to commercial, but the answer you will find out on the other half oh, you on the side of this break. <laughs> the holiday season is fast approaching, and that means that the shopping frenzy will soon begin. During the holidays, we are often asked to keep in mind those who are less fortunate. All of us here at AllSportsCleveland.com would like to remind you to support charities like our friends at Toys for Tots. Toys for Tots is the official holiday charity brought to you by the United States Marine Corps. Their primary goal is to deliver, through a shiny new toy at Christmas, a message of hope to needy children that will motivate them to grow into responsible, productive, and patriotic citizens and community leaders. Toys for Tots will also accept monetary donations as well. This great tradition dates back to 1947 and is continuing to thrive throughout Northeast Ohio. If you or someone you know would like to make a difference in the lives of a young child during the 2013 holidays, please visit toysfortots.org to find where you can deposit your brand new toy or make a monetary donation. That's toysfortots.org. Coats for Kids Cleveland was started in 1981 by local radio station employees. Since then, we have raised over $3.25 million and distributed over 500,000 coats in Northeast Ohio through the Salvation Army and more than 75 other social service agencies. All donated coats are cleaned by Sintas prior to distribution. Our goal for 2013 is to acquire 25,000 new or like new coats and raise $125,000. Your generous gift of $100 will purchase six new coats for children in need. Call our office today at 216-986-8957 to make a donation or check out our website at coatsforkidscleveland.org to find a list of drop-off locations and hear about our sponsored raffles and contests. If you have a child in need of a coat, you can register with the Salvation Army of Greater Cleveland along with their Christmas registration. For time and date and location information, contact the Cleveland Area Salvation Army at 216-861-8185. At Coats for Kids Cleveland, we hope to make every child feel warm this holiday season. under so much pressure that they might just get cooked and who's under the least amount of pressure it's time to find out with the pressure scale here on so what's the catch on all sports cleveland this is so what's the catch your home for the random cleveland athlete of the week on all sports cleveland Kramer. Yeah, I'm dancing. Right. I was jamming that we one. We are yeah. back. We were uh, having a bumper you. concert. Thank you for the double <laughs> bumpers, Chirky Chirk. Now, uh, <laughs> the answer no, to the random Cleveland Athlete of the Week, Cindric Steptoe. Step to Hi, hi. Why do these guys all have weird names? Scott <laughs> Player? Chad Player. Hey. How's Scott Player a weird name? That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Play- okay. Scott Player is a generic name. He's like John Doe. What a bizarre player. name. So, Scott the other Player, one? Joe Random. <laughs> so in this case, it, the, I believe the saying that goes here is, don't hate the player, hate, hate the, game. the game. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, that was a good one. That was a tough yeah, one. Yeah. Once again, nobody got it. Mm. That means I did my job. Yeah. So <laughs> if only we had a call. If only we had a call in line. Mm. 
Nobody, we got that. No, anyways, no. But anyway, we are going to. I think this is your favorite segment on the show, Brian. I love this segment. It's but the best. We are doing the pressure scale. So we have two pressure scales this week. First one. After week one, I want you to rank the rookie quarterbacks from least to most. However, you want to do it. Least. Uh, Justin Fields didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Lance. Yeah, he, after, he played a couple like plays. plays. Yeah, that does, uh, yeah. I'm not Justin Fields five. Trey Lance four. Uh, Mac Jones three. Zach Wilson two. Trevor Lawrence one. So just pretty much in the order they were drafted. That is it. I don't. I, I'm not. Um, yeah, off the top is of my head. The, the only mm-hmm. thing you switched was Mac Jones and Justin Fields. I think. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Anyways. Sure. I'm not yeah. even sure what we're ranking this point. How much yeah, pressure? They, they played a game. How much? <laughs> after we... <laughs> hey, shout out my dad uh, tweeting or texting me right now. Poor man's Josh Cribbs, Cedric Steptoe. Hey, um, hey, hey, good hey. for hey. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, after week one, so are you saying going into next week, how much yeah, pressure are they under? Exactly. After week one, going into week two. So I would agree Justin Fields is last because he, yeah, he ran in for a touchdown, but other than that, the Bears refused to play him. Um, Trey Lance, I would say, is fourth. I would say, based off of Trevor Lawrence's performance, I would put him three. I would say Zach Wilson played well, but not great, so I would put him two. And that leaves... Um, Mac Jones won. Interesting. I'm going to throw a curveball here. I'm going to say the quarterback under the most pressure is Justin Fields after week one. And I'm going to say that because the Bears stink, Andy Dalton stinks, and he's the future <laughs> of the franchise, and we know it for a fact now. <laughs> um, Come on, so, show some respect on 8-14. I'm sorry, but the Bear, I mean, that the pressure is enormous on him for him to be the guy. Come on, Whereas Chuck. Trevor Lawrence, he, everybody knows what they got with Trevor, you know. I feel like Fields is the one, like, guy where it's like, okay, this could either make or break this Bears team, and they're desperate right now. So, Come I'm, on, show some respect to the Red Rocket. But that is not his name. That is not his name at all. <laughs> it is Red Rifle. I, I definitely <laughs> Red Rifle. Yes. There was a player named the Red Rocket. I'm trying to figure Who was the Red Rocket? <laughs> was, that, oh God. was that Matt Bonner? <laughs> no, Matt, Matt Bonner was the Red Mamba. Uh, oh, God. Take so a letter I, out of his last name. And I agree Justin rocket. Fields is under pressure. Uh, but but the question being, is he under pressure going into next week? Oh. I, I got to kind of agree with James that uh, I don't think the Bears are going to play him any more than they did this week. So Where does it not, say not that? Really. It doesn't say going into next I, week. Well, that's, <laughs> what you want. that's what I was just asking. Oh, okay. How you want. I'm saying uh, just overall. Obviously, he's not going to play and next typing week. typing in the middle so. of the segment is not going to do anything. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, going into week two, obviously not. But yeah, yeah. In going towards the future, I'm going to say Justin Fields. I'm still interpreting this way I want to, so your new notes can just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this second is gone to the birds. Yeah. That's it. I'm not ranking the rest. It's too early. I'm just kidding. <laughs> sure. What's up? How about you? Uh, you asked me about... Uh, Justin Fields. I asked but... you about colors. <laughs> Which one is your favorite and why? Uh, no. Uh, rank the, rank the rookie quarterbacks after the first week. 
right I didn't know we were already in the bizarre hour. Uh, I'll probably put it number one. Uh, uh, I think, uh, um, yeah, I think uh, Justin Fields. Then uh, I'll put uh, Zach Wilson. Okay. Okay. That's two. What about Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and uh, Trevor Lawrence? Mac Jones is in the bottom. Mac Jones at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then followed by uh, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or is Trey Lance just in the middle? Trey Lance. Okay. Okay. You got one, Gino? No, not at the moment. All okay, right. so let's uh, moving let's, let's towards pivot the to next second one. year quarterbacks. Uh, and again, your new notes can go to hell. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thanks. Second year quarterbacks under pressure. Jordan Love, not he's not playing. Um, just that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Then after that, I would probably say Joe Burrow. Hmm. Before, um, I'm gonna say Justin Herbert at three. Really? Jalen Hurts at two. Tua at one. Okay. I actually have Herbert at one. I have Jalen Hurts number two, two or three, and then I agree with you on the last two of Joe Burrow and then Jordan Love. The reason I have uh, Justin Herbert one is because he came in and lit the, set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. I want to see if he can follow that up. Okay. Well, there are two guys on this list who you don't know if they're going to be on their team beyond this year, and they'll be Tua and Jalen Hurts. That's right. why I put them at one and two. Okay, yeah. that's fair. But again, Justin Herbert did everything last season with no fans in attendance, and it was a. We all agreed that last year was not an anomaly, but mm-hmm. it was a weird year. So. I want to know, was that the real Justin Herbert? Was that just a fluke? And that, that's fair, but, I mean, he at least performed. The other two, you, there's question marks about. Right. As far as Joe Burrow's concerned, we saw 10 games. So right. I, I put him below Herbert in the, in the pressure ranking. Yeah, I'd actually put Herbert last in terms of pressure just because I think I know Justin Herbert's a guy. I think that San Diego knows he's a guy. I don't think he has much like, I don't think that's a question, in, in my opinion. Um, and then, obviously, like, Jalen Hurts and, uh, and Tua, with their jobs on the line, I would put them at two and three. And then the other quarterbacks aren't really relevant at the moment. So you could put the rest in whatever order you please. Fair enough. Yeah, I just I don't see Jordan Love have any pressure because he's not going to play. Right. No. If mm-hmm. he's playing, something has gone terribly wrong in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean, like, last week? No, no, no. Like, worse than that. I think Jalen Hurts might have put more pressure on himself this week by by having a good game and like forgiving Philly fans hope. Except, so, exactly right. yeah. Except for one thing, they were playing against twenty eight to three. Sure, but I mean that's that's sports fans, you know. They played a good game, they won. They're going crazy about them. They're winning the Super Bowl. They think. So. And now they don't got- don't act brand new. That now the Browns <laughs> have got good. Like that used to be us, like a yeah. year or two ago. Well, two years ago. Uh, but I would still. say even just a year ago. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. So, K Man. Yeah, K Man. Don't you be stealing my nickname for him. That's uh, called Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, K Man. Ditto, James. Oh, just copy and name? Yeah, just ditto, James. All right. I got nothing new to say. Yeah, okay. Okay. Jerk? What's up? 
What's up? <laughs> At least baby one, you were asking about sophomore year quarterback. Yeah, I love asking Chirk. Like when we ask everybody a question that gets to Chirk, I'm never sure what he's gonna answer. Like what right. question he thinks. We're talking is the pressure question. scale of sophomore quarterback. Yes. 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 Uh, Bring that one to five. I will put number one Tua. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, Jordan Love. Okay. Why? Jordan Love hasn't been playing yet. So. Interesting. Keep okay. going. Uh, number th- number three. Uh, I'll probably put. Yeah. I don't know Hebert. I would say is no. Say Burrows. Okay, Joe Burrow is three. Joe so Burrow's who's three. four? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and four will be Justin Herbert. Four there is Justin Herbert, go. and five is Jalen uh, Hurts? Save. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Interesting. Cool. Okay, what you got, Gino? Interesting theory. I kind of like that number two Jordan Love. It took me a second to get used to it, but uh, with how bad Rodgers played, you almost, you almost have a point there, Jer. Sure. You, what about your rankings, Gino? I don't, I, you know, I, I'm totally clueless on the rookie quarterbacks in there playing. Um, honestly, I've been so busy with all kinds of stuff that I um, really didn't watch football a whole lot this week. I watched the Browns game. Um, I uh, was so jam-packed with extra crap I was doing. I, I literally am out of the loop on this one. Okay. Alrighty. That's valid. Did anyone else not go yet? Did no. I? No. I think no. that's all of us. No, okay, yeah, so cool. That, that's what we call a, a pressure scale segment. Yes, we yeah. got it in in time, so that's awesome. Yeah, look at that. And we still have two minutes. Yeah, we still have two yeah, minutes this to was burn. a tough one. I, this was tricky just because it's so early, you know. Uh, or now a minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how time works. Uh, Going and going. And going, going and going. And yeah. How do you feel about that one? <laughs> what you got over there, Jerk? No, on the pressure scale. Yeah. Where would you put uh, Darnold and James Winston? Oh, uh, Darnold and James Winston. Hmm. As in, compared in terms to who? Of what? No. Do you think they have less pressure on them now since they had a great good games? So With, uh, based uh, Darnold, off of their own. Darnold unchanged. He still has a ton. Mm-hmm. James Winston has less, but that could literally change as soon as this Sunday. I would actually say the complete opposite. Jameis has more pressure, and Darnold has less. Okay. Interesting theory. And the reason is because Jameis played so well in week one, I don't think he can keep that up in week two. Plus, the the Packers were completely off their game. Mm. I don't think they're going to be getting that type of opponent again this season. Darnold played well against the Jets. I'll leave it with that. Mm. But uh, we're going to head into hour two, so stick around for hour two. And as you know, that's where things tend get, to get a little bit weird. Let's get weird. They get berserk. Yes, they do. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. You wanted to see me? Yes, please. Have a seat. 
So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team, but I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Would you trade $10 to get almost $10,000 in gift cards redeemable at hundreds of places around town? Of course you would. And how incredible would it be if a portion of that $10 was used to support some amazing nonprofits? Nonprofits like Awakening Angels, Beautiful Faces, Easter Seals, these nonprofits, and more. You get to save money and nurture your community. Join us today at UniteThisCity.com and embrace what makes our community different. UFC, boxing, WWE, AEW, that can mean only one thing. It's time to discuss combat sports here on So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Hour two on So What's the Catch is when things get weird here on All Sports Cleveland. We good now, Chirk? Yep. Welcome back to all to So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. I almost said that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but it is our two where things tend to get weird. And we are starting off with combat sports. So the last two title challengers to Adesanya's belt will meet in the main event of UFC Fight Night on October 23rd as Paula Costa faces Marvin Vittori. You got any thoughts on that one, Brian? Yeah, I, I'm going to uh, side with Paulo Costa here. Uh, to be completely honest, though, I haven't had the opportunity to watch many of Marvin Vittori's previous fights. Um, so really, I, I have a really baseball understanding of this fight in terms of like what the odds are set at and things like that. Yeah. But what I know about Paulo Costa, uh, I mean... He's legit, you know. He's a tough dude. He's huge. Um, so it, I, I'm, I don't have the best opinion to share on it. But if I had to make a pick, I'm leaning towards Paulo Costa. Yeah, right I the last fight I watched with Marvin Vittori was his fight against Adesanya. Mm-hmm. He didn't look that great. Right. But then again, Costa didn't look that great against Adesanya either. That's what happens when you fight a guy like Israel Adesanya. Yeah, Adesanya just makes you look absolutely silly. Yeah. So Marvin. The Italian Dream Vittori is the slight underdog at plus 120 right now. Um, so Paula Costa at minus 140 is the slight favorite. Um, but, yeah, it, I guess with that fight, it's just so hard to tell because they both fought Adesanya, and it's just so hard to know how it, he's a totally different animal. You know, it's, yeah. it's such a different fight when you're fighting a guy like Israel than it is when you're fighting yeah. you know, a guy like Paulo Costa. So I, would I don't know if Vittori might come out and look like a world beater. Right. It, I have to agree with you that anybody who's gone up against Adesanya lately has looked 
silly. Yeah, it looked silly. Yeah. It almost feels like Adesanya's not even facing them at times. Mm-hmm. It feels like Adesanya's just in a training session. Yeah, he's he's at a different level right now. Yeah. For sure. So that leads me to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Imagine you have either a red pill or a blue pill. The red pill gets you Kamaru Usman against Israel Adesanya. The blue pill gets you Dustin Poirier against Colby Covington. I like the red pill right now. I just think Usman and Adesanya, just because, like, from an athletic standpoint, like, I, I don't know that there's ever been two better athletes in the entire sport than those two guys right there. So I really like to see how they match up against each other in the ring. But that Poirier versus Colby Covington fight would be awesome, too, because that's, that's, I mean, those dudes are sluggers, and yeah. you know that they're going to go toe-to-toe in the ring yeah. and give it everything they have. So yeah. by a slim margin, I'm taking the red pill. How about you? I would actually go... I. Your analysis is spot on, but I love that. Something about that Covington-Poirier fight. Mm -hmm. I think Covington has already tried to, you know, chirp with Poirier a little bit. Yeah. And I just, I love when uh, the build-up to a UFC fight, whether it's a pay-per-view or Mm -hmm. a fight night, I love when there's animosity and, like, Colby Covington's great for that. He's yeah. a very polarizing figure. Yeah. Uh, I think you either love Colby or you hate Colby. Which I'm on the side of dislike. <laughs> yeah, I'm more uh, in favor of uh, Dustin Poirier in this fight in terms of who I want to win. Yeah. Who do I think will win? I don't know, man. That's a tough fight for Poirier. It would be. He looked so good in his last fight against Connor, you know. So yeah, there's the no cre- reason to not have faith in, in the diamond right now because right. Dustin's just been on and top of his game. The diamond's about to get a title shot in December against Charles Oliveira. And he deserves it. I oh, mean, 100%. I can't remember the last guy that earned his way to a title shot, like, on a better path than what, he, like, Dustin Poirier's been on. He has just been, t- like... Facing Conor McGregor yeah, twice. twice. I mean, he's taken anybody that wants some, he's given it to him. Yeah. And it, he's not backing down from anybody. That's why I would love to see that fight against Colby, because, like, Colby's a guy that, like... It's kind of hard to alpha Colby Covington, yeah. But Dustin Poirier can do it, you know. Right, he's I one agree. of those guys that can make him look, you know, make him look silly. But so. I love. I also agree that Adesanya against Usman would be great stylistically. Oh yeah, Usman's gonna be like, I'm taking you. He. He hasn't used his wrestling as much recently, but mm-hmm. we know he has that re- that wrestling background. And Adesanya's like, no, I don't want to go to the ground. I want to stand up and punch yeah. you right in the face. Adesanya's probably the best striker in the UFC right now, so obviously he wants to keep it on his feet. Usman, you made a good point. Like, he's known for, like, historically, he's, a, you know, an Olympic wrestler. He's right. an all-time he, great wrestler. But when you watch his recent fights, he hasn't really been wrestling that much. I I mean, how did he beat Masvidal in the rematch? Bam! Right. Blasted him in the face. He sure did. And that's that's the one thing that I like about that matchup with Israel is I think he'll stand and fight with him, you know. But I, I think if, if he was smart, if Usman was smart, though, he would get that fight to the ground. But I, he does seem like that kind of guy that likes a challenge. He likes yeah. to stand up in front of a guy that's supposed to be tougher than him. Right. Um, and, and he likes to show his skills And going back way, to so. Colby Covington, like, leading up to their first first fight, mm-hmm. you know, there was so much animosity. As I said, I love that type of thing. There were megaphones involved. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Co- 
Colby was saying, you were dodging me, and Kamara was saying, saying the opposite. Like, I signed on the dotted line. You're the one that, <laughs> like, did not, didn't want to take the fight type of thing. So there yeah, was there's a lot. bad blood between those two as well. I cannot wait for that pay-per-view when it happens in at Madison Square Garden. That pay-per-view is going to be Fire. Yeah, that is going to be a great pay-per-view. I'm yeah. looking forward to that one a lot. Yeah. We'll be fighting at the weigh-in. Yeah, it <laughs> will be fighting at the weigh-in. Yeah, I wouldn't point. be surprised. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so what I, happened in AEW over the weekend? So I know you were. You yeah. Were, so that it was like two weeks ago. We had AEW All Out, mm-hmm. and it was. Per, I've seen a lot of wrestling pay-per-views, mostly WWE. Well, up to that point, actually, all WWE. Mm-hmm. And so this was my first AEW pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I think all AEW pay-per-views might be ruined for me after because this pay-per-view was freaking amazing. So they set the bar high on the Every first match one, huh? on the card was mm-hmm. spectacular. Like, And we had debuts and returns. Like, You had uh, Ruby Soho, who was Ruby Ryan, WWE. She made her AEW debut during um, the Casino Battle Royal. And then Kenny Omega defeats Christian Cage in the main event. And then Kenny Omega's like, nobody can take this belt off of me. And anybody who can is either retired, not here, or dead. (laughs) Lights go out. Everybody's thinking, oh, it's going to be Daniel Bryan. It's going to be Daniel Bryan. No, it was Adam freaking Cole. Oh, boy. And then Adam Cole comes out to the ring. I'm trying to, like, contain my excitement right now because I'm, like, reliving this. Um, he super kicks Jungle Boy, joins the Elite, and they're, Kenny Omega goes, mm, like, goodbye, I'm going <laughs> to leave the crowd happy, and he goes to do, Mwah! and that's when Flight of the Valkyrie starts playing, and that can only mean one person, Brian Danielson comes <laughs> out, the former Daniel Bryan. Wait, wait, wait. Explain that to me. The formal Daniel Bryan yes. is now Brian Danielson? Because <laughs> Dan, Daniel Bryan was the name he went by in WWE. So he swapped his first and his last name. And yeah. Like, hey, cool. Did I hear a Ruby Soho somewhere in there? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that a Rancid song? Yeah. Rancid yeah, is, is actually her walkout song. Yeah, that, I think that's what she probably yeah. was her name. So, question, uh, what happened with Mr. Adam Cole here? Yeah. Did, did he win? Did he lose? What happened? He did. Did he's he not gonna, do anything? He's going to have his first match tonight on all on AEW Dynamite. So here's my question. Um, <clears throat> so this means uh, any interactions with Pat McAfee are done now? Yes. Uh, I'm no longer interested. No longer interested. You lost me. He shouldn't have told us that. He shouldn't yeah. have told. No. Well, I will say this. You've you've been owning up to your your end of the bargain with not watching Monday Night Raw. I you've didn't watch gi- it. That's why you've been giving in, and you've been watching other things with the rest of us. So I do think it would be fair if we give one of these a shot for Josh, and we all come in here and we all try to give it a go. 
He's been. You've been doing a great job by watching other things other than Raw on Monday nights. So wait. So what I'm going to accept the challenge if nobody else wants to accept it. You're saying you're going to watch AEW? I'm saying the next wrestling event, I will watch it. Well, AEW ten- Dynamite is on tonight at eight o'clock Eastern on TNT. I will watch it, and we can come back next Wednesday, and I will let you know what my thoughts were. Did I just do a free advertisement <laughs> for <laughs> AEW? Someone hired oh, Josh yes. for AEW because he's getting people watching this. It is, it is amazing. No, it's good. It's good for the show. I I love that about you, Josh. That you're willing to, you know, sacrifice watching wrestling for a night just to make it, you know, the show better on Wednesday. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'll take that bullet for you. I'm gonna do it, and hopefully next week I'll have more to share with the it's wrestling It's so portion. much fun. I also wanted to point out uh, Brian Danielson is his real name. Yeah, Brian oh, Danielson okay. is his real name. WWE tends to do that where, like, when John Moxley was in WWE, he went by Dean Ambrose. That's just his character name. Mm-hmm. John Moxley is his real name. Right. Seth Rollins, someone else? Yep, Seth Rollins is not his real name. I'd have to look up what his real name right. is. Right. The only thing that caught me off guard is that he just switched the first yeah. and last name and, like, just Wait, did some the, more magic with it. Here's the crazy part about Brian Danielson. Back in April, he was in the main event of WrestleMania against Edge and Roman Reigns in a triple threat match for the Universal Championship. So I'm also going to go out and let him say those aren't the real names either. Edge Edge is not his real name No Roman Reigns No that is his That is not his real name Edge is a guitar player too Yeah Yeah. But I There's some Shout out you too Shout out I love it AEW's getting a shout out So is you too I don't care for you too The only show in the world Where you'll get that Double shout out about you two and AEW back to back. Here on so what's the catch? It's the only yeah. place for it. Hey, as Brian said, if we're not careful, the show is actually going to end up good. Yeah, it might end up getting good if we actually. Like, <laughs> so here's my only. I'm, analysis I'm not too worried about, about it. <laughs> <laughs> here's my only analysis about Mr. Uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Brian. Uh, he no longer sounds like a bad country artist. So <laughs> good move by going with your real name. This I like it better too. Yeah, yeah. Brian Danielson much better than. Uh, failed country act Daniel Bryan. AEW <laughs> is so good at their storytelling too, and like, I mean, the rumors were flying about Brian Danielson making his AEW signing with AEW, so people kind of knew it was happening. But they still did a great job of setting it up. Mm-hmm. Like AEW is way better at storytelling than WWE is. Sorry, it's true though. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad that we got all that in before the break. I know. Sorry if I went off on a tangent. No, that's okay. We, we filled the wrestling portion of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, okay, I'm getting the wrap it up sign from, uh, from Shirk Berserk. But, okay, uh, going to head to commercial. We got some college football and NFL discussion coming back up because, you know, who doesn't like talking about football? You and your family are connected by routine, and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if your day's routine is disrupted, and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. I am 
want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For, for taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For, for leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 7,000 high school students drop out every school day. If you stack their desks one atop the other, it's a pile more than 17,000 feet high. That's 12 Empire State Buildings. But what's truly scary is that another stack is going up tomorrow. We can keep students in school. Visit BoostUp.org and take the first step. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Radio show. This radio show is written by some jabroni named Lance. Although he can be heard on the Beyond Air Network, Lance's heel persona is one few possess. Hey guys, bow season's right around the corner, so get out to PJ's Custom Archery and Lapidary Shop. PJ's make custom bows to fit anyone. They also make takedown survival bows and flint knives as well. Ladies, PJ's has custom made jewelry. You'll find unique, one of a kind bracelets, pendants, earrings, and much more. PJ is a real craftsman with an artistic lair. PJ only uses materials found or made in the USA. So hurry out to PJ's Custom Archery and Lapidary Shop, located at 112 Leonard Street in South Amherst, or call 440-986-0490. Hey, it's Church the Berserker. You're in the Berserk box being a hard worker. We got James. Guess what? He knows all the names. Just sit back and relax. We got Unger to the max. This show will never get any lamer, because you can't find anybody as entertaining as Kramer. Now, AJ, he is the true fighter. You'll never meet anybody who is a better writer. In this show, you don't have to worry about Ryan. Because we got a champ, and his name is Brian. Join us every Wednesday at 2 for authentic personalities. Because you know, all we'll just be dishing out is just the realities. And that was the vanilla chinchilla himself. Yes, Kurt it Berserk was. With that bumper. Bumper of the year candidate right Kurt there. Berserk. I appreciate you guys letting me go off on an absolute explosive tangent in the last segment about AEW. It was electric. It was <laughs> awesome. Boogie, woogie, woogie. I don't even <laughs> think I gave that whole end se- ending segment its justice, but you so, have to watch it on YouTube. We do need to uh, pay our respects and salute to General, General football, football because football. he is coming back into the discussion. Yep, and we are going to start with college football. So Oregon defeated Ohio State on Saturday. Is it time to panic for Ohio State? No, it is not time to panic. Explain. Because uh, much like how I said last week, uh, it was a registered freshman making his first start on the road against Minnesota. Uh this was his first start at home against a very good Oregon team. Mm. Okay. What were some of the issues you saw between his play versus the quarterbacks he played against? Those guys were guys that are experienced. They're already in their third year. Both of them are. They're very good teams, like it or not. Um, it's, it's mostly just failure to execute for Ohio State early in the year with a redshirt quarterback. You see as the season progresses, you see him get a little bit more comfortable the times they didn't execute these past two weeks, they will change as the season progresses. 
if they had, let's say, if Justin Fields came back for one more year, they would have been humming and beat Oregon by like 30 points. Okay, Oregon's a good team. I still maintain Ohio State is the better team. They just didn't execute as much as Oregon did this past Saturday. Okay. I feel the same way. What are you researching over there, Kramer? I'm going to say no, but for a different reason. All right. Um, no, just because, I mean, Oregon's a good team. I mean, yeah, they were without their best defender in Thibodeau, and they were down a couple other players as well. But um, I, I think that, I mean, for for the freshman quarterback to play like he did, I thought he couldn't have played any better than he played that game. What do you have, 485 yards oh, or something played, like that? He well. played lights out. Yeah. I think that it's not time to panic because – with the remaining of Ohio State's schedule, that's the big one. It's out of the way now. And uh, I, I think you can afford to be a one-loss team and win, your, you know, win the Big Ten and still make the playoffs. So it's definitely not over in that way. Yeah. But I will say that it, it, it was the, the run defense for the Buckeyes that was more concerning to me than the quarterback play. And I don't think that Justin Fields could have won that game for them. I think that the game plan on defense, it's, they've got the athletes. That's what I don't understand about watching Ohio State's defense is that they've got five-star talent all over the field, but you know they are struggling to stop the run against some teams that are a little short-handed on that side of the ball, which is troubling. So it, that was the main concern for me for the Buckeyes. Do I think that it, that they're going to have a terrible year or anything like that? No, I think they they played a team that was better than a lot of people thought, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think they're still going to have a great year. They got a lot to be hopeful for. So. Yeah, it's it's hard to win when you're giving up 248 yards rushing on the ground. I mean, just it just makes it hard to win. Mm. We play Penn State October 30th. That's the next big game. And that's on. the next big game. Right. In between here and there, we're gonna have such a chance to get better that I can I can guarantee right now we will beat Penn State. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll put my name on that. Okay. And Penn Michigan. State looks good so far and this Michigan. year. I don't know. Yeah. Who's Penn, Penn State play? Uh, they play yeah. Auburn this week. Right, they've got Auburn this week okay. in a big one. But that's I mean, the whiteout game. But who did they play beforehand? I'm, okay, you know I mean? yeah, so, but who I mean, did anybody so. play? You know, in the, yeah, the first uh, couple we, weeks we of college football Oregon. season. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean that you could say that about a lot of other I, I teams. Yeah, though, you know, that's true. I'm SEC just, I, I'm teams saying, play cupcakes in their this first specific scenario. I'm just talking about their roster, top to bottom. Penn State has good players. They have good athletes that year. They match up a lot better than they have in years past. When you play those those lower tier schools it's hard to put really a whole bunch of stock in it no sure okay so kramer you you were talking about this while we were in class like you don't like that ohio state played against oregon explain your stance on that i just think it was silly for them to put themselves out there like that for that reason this early in the season you usually play a couple cupcake teams and mm-hmm. and get your uh your composure back before you yeah. go play some teams like that we, we discussed this yesterday i said there's no no business for a team like ohio state that has the prestige of the program that it does to schedule a game like this. It does them no benefit Mm -hmm. because they could play Akron, Kent State, Youngstown State the first three weeks of the year, then go into the Big Ten schedule, and guess what? They'll probably have one or zero losses, and you know what? They're going to go to the Big Ten title game. They're probably going to win it. They're going to be in the college football playoff. Beating Oregon does them no good later in the season. If anything, it's only going to hurt them. So... I, I understand what you're saying, and to a certain extent, I do agree. But I just like that Ohio State and Oregon played in a high-profile game. I prefer those t- 
that style of game. And I would rather see them if they're going to match up, play in the college football playoff or a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, it's for for a team like Ohio State, it doesn't do them any good. You, you look at a team like Penn State, it, even currently, sorry, Michigan. You're right. Uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, that does, that helps them if they play that game. That has potential to benefit them. There's not really anything that's going to benefit Ohio State. So you don't think that Ohio State did the right decision by scheduling to play Notre Dame in the future, Georgia, Alabama? No, those are mistakes. All of them are mistakes. Play the cupcakes, do what Alabama does, play nobodies, get in the college football playoff, and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Michigan, when we started our downslide, look at the teams we're playing every year. We're opening up with, you know, Alabama, Notre Dame, Florida. Ohio State. We played Notre Dame every year for, for a while, you know, it's like, and we played them in week one, week two, week three, early in the season. So those games that we scheduled that were those big games, like that. That's what, usually where you stumbled. That's where we stumbled, and that's where it kind of started the snowball effect where yeah. it's just gotten worse and worse every year. I, I, again, I completely get it, but for me, I – for me, I as a football fan, yeah, I like watching those games because sure. I'm like, ooh, something is on the line here. It's whereas, a better product on the field. Whereas if then. I'm like watching Akron against Ohio State, no offense to Akron, but I'm like, how many points is Ohio State going to win by? Right, yeah. I mean, and that does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You know, as a, as a fan of Ohio State, my goal was not I don't I want a good competitive game. I'm like, I want them to throw down 70 points and destroy them and have the third-string quarterback in in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Because you know what? I really don't care who they're playing. Just win the game, keep winning, pile on the wins. The games that I'm really paying attention to is the one at the end of the regular season and the Big Ten title game. Then after that, the college football playoff, if they get it. So we're talking about cupcakes, and you, I guess you would say the Big 12 is the cupcake. But I guess to try and rescue themselves after losing Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to be adding BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida. Ohio State dodged a bullet that they didn't add Cincinnati in the Big Ten. I'll yeah. just say that. We would have had a new best team in Ohio. Oh, really? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a troll. You're being a troll. Craver, you look like you want to say something. <laughs> Because you were just like doing the okay sign, or well, my hands act without me telling. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a. Uh, no, that was 100 percent a joke, people. I don't think rest. Cincinnati's a better team. Now I was trying to see what time we, because it just came out that uh, the Ohio State and Akron game, the looks like they're going to be a 7:30 kickoff. That's oh ridiculous. boy, prime time. So you, why so you, not? So you throw Oregon in the in the noon game. Oh my god. It doesn't make any sense. What's yeah. up, jerk? No, I said, how about Kent State? Play Kent State too. Yeah, Kent State. Yeah. That's just not fun for me. I'm like, wh- why? Or try. Well, when you are a fan of a team that has realistic championship aspirations, you don't want to play those games. And it's all fun and games till you lose Hold to on. Toledo, by there's, the way. Uh, or <clears throat> Appalachian State. Or <laughs> I just said the Toledo thing. You don't have to no. pile more on top <laughs> of it. Wait a minute. I've lived in Michigan for 25 years. Yeah. I take the chance every opportunity. <laughs> Wait a minute. Back to the Thunderdome. That App State team is. Better than the Toledo team. Wait, why are you that Toledo Toledo team? The WWE Thunderdome now. Fun fact: Nick Moore. Thunderdome predates. WWE Thunderdome. And it's the SWTC Thunderdome. Thank you very yeah. much. All right, then. By the way, that game that we played, Toledo, I was there. Nick Moore, younger b- brother of Saints, former Saints player Lance Moore, yeah. had 20 receptions that game. <laughs> 20 <laughs> receptions by a Toledo wide receiver. 
All right. Let's go Rockets. Yep. Yeah. And uh, if you want to talk about losing to lower level programs, ask Florida State about it. Yeah, that. let's talk about that. Let's talk about another program <laughs> that just. They just lost to Jacksonville State. Bowling Good Green. job. What about Bowling Green? What about them? No, that's another team that could be a good Ohio team. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Hey, yeah. hey don't, Ohio. Wait, you're forgetting about Ohio. arguably yep. the best team in Division Two in Ohio. My alum, my alma mater, the Notre Dame College Falcons. We've won our conference the past three or four years in a row. We've made. What two, about Mountain Union, though? If we're going to talk powerhouses, we're talking Mountain Union. We made to Division Two like se- conference. No, college football, like, Division II semifinals, mm-hmm. like, almost every year. And well, they win pretty much every year, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I had to support. For a newer my, program, though, I will say that. For a newer program, they are very impressive. I have to support my alma mater. Absolutely. All right, so where were we going before we got uh, derailed by that? <laughs> hey, <laughs> how are we getting derailed? I'm shouting out my <laughs> alma mater. We're talking college football during a college football segment. Yes. Yeah, we're on track here. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's. Forgot, just hey, try to see how it's football. It's almost game. college football. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Don't you be disrespecting my Falcons. <laughs> Don't you be disrespecting my Notre Dame hey, Falcons. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Ashland. Does, does Tri C have a football team? Uh, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, so we're going to move to NFL. And uh, for the first time since 1983, two Alabama quarterbacks faced off as Tua faced Mac Jones in week one. So I just think that's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Sure. That is a fact. Um, I mean, it was an interesting statistic, but was it really an interesting game? Yeah, if they were both like... Yeah, what was it, 17-16 final yeah, score? it was... Eh. Okay, uh, anyway. We've got about a, a minute here. If so they were both elite quarterbacks, that would make a difference. Uh, let's, let's ask this question here. Who would you rather have, Matt Stafford or Justin Herbert right now? I'm going Matt Stafford. Right, right now, now right Matt now. Stafford. In yeah. the future, Justin Herbert. That's where I'm at. I'm going with Herbert. Right now. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. Okay. Stafford or Herbert right now? Stafford. Stafford, 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 Shark, Stafford, Stafford right. wins it. You lose. <laughs> <laughs> Stafford for the win. Dark Horse MVP candidate Matt Stafford. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, he looked really good this past. I said Dark Horse. I didn't say favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I said Dark Horse. But yeah. He looked really good. The Rams offense did exactly what I told you guys it was going to do. It, looked like it was actually reaching its full potential. Sean McVay was doing everything that he wants to do because he's a quarterback capable of doing that. And with that, we're going to head to commercial. We only got two segments left. Stick around. When we come back, it is baseball talk. And from drinking and driving. Friends die from drinking and Friends don't let friends drop. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Imagine me, a dog, moving in with a human. I didn't know how it would work. Turns out, my human's pretty entertaining. For instance, every time I give my human his ball, he throws it as far as he can. And I'm like, dude, that's your ball. So I go get it, but he just throws it. Again! 
I gotta say though, the more he does it, the funnier it is. I love my human. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Chirk has us all just wanting to rhyme. So turn up the dial, because it's sports talk time. So what's the catch is back in three, two, now. Creando conexiones durante la recuperación de un trastorno mental y uso de sustancias pone toda la fuerza de la familia y comunidad apoyándole a usted, ofreciendo apoyo y esperanza. Únete a las voces de la recuperación, fortaleciendo familias y comunidades. Para información confidencial sobre desórdenes mentales y de uso de sustancias para usted o alguien que conoce, llame al 1-800-662-4357. Patrocinado por el Departamento de Salud y Servicios Humanos de los Estados Unidos. Packers. Vikings. Red State. Blue State. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But no matter how different we are, we're all connected and we can all make a difference. That's why United Way brings people, expertise, and resources together to improve the education, income, and health of our communities. The building blocks for a better life. When we live united, our efforts, magnified by others, add up to real change. Children succeed in school, families gain financial stability, the health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly, so do our communities. But real change won't happen without you. Live, live united. united. So let's look beyond our differences. Live, live united. united. One by one, let's make a difference. Let's reach out a hand to one and influence the condition of all. <laughs> live United. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You've never experienced anything like this before. From insight, comedy, to whatever Chirk Berserk is doing, this is So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. We're back here. So what's the catch? We're talking general baseball. I salute so. to general baseball. General baseball. Uh, let's see. Hall of Fame finalist revealed? Really? Yeah. Really? What? Really? <laughs> <laughs> really? Go through the list. All right. Let's pull it up. So I, I know Ryan Howard was on there. Jimmy Rollins. Um, who else was on there? Well, what was your question you had about this, though? Because it was your question you posed to us. What was your yeah. question? Who has the best chance of getting in their first bout? None. Really? None. And your and and your reasoning? Uh, the only two guys that actually would have a chance if they didn't have the asterisk next to them would be David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. But voters won't vote for him. Yeah. Okay. So you, the, your All first right, so your first guy getting in five to six years down the line at the earliest is probably Jimmy Rollins. So I have the list. You have Carl Crawford, Prince nope. Fielder, nope. Ryan Howard. Nope. Those are three guys already not getting in. Tim Lincecum. He's a maybe. Maybe. Joe Nathan. He's a no. He's a closer. Big Poppy. He's not going to get in because of uh, steroid allegations. Papelbon. Nope. PV. Nope. Pierzynski. Absolutely not. And Aroid. Alex Rodriguez will not get in because of steroids. Yeah. That's why I called him Aroid. Okay, continue. Rollins. Jimmy Rollins the only guy I think going to get in. And Teixeira. Teixeira's not going to get in. So you don't think we'll get any first ballot Hall of Famers? Absolutely not. Yeah, I 100% agree. Hmm. Absolutely not. There's no chance any of these guys get in the first bout Hall of Fame. I think Jimmy Allen's the only guy that gets in, period. Interesting. Isn't this uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens last year on the ballot coming up? 
I think it is. Um, it either is or it's like the second to last year. Uh, those guys have a better chance than getting in than any of these guys, and I don't think either guy gets in. Okay. I think Lincecum ultimately gets in. He could be a he could be a uh, veterans committee guy. He had a couple, you know, he was in the noise, making noise in the Cy Young conversation for about four years in a row, and he won a couple World Series. So had a couple when you, no hitters. When too. you win some rings, you know, you're going to be considered, and mm-hmm. I think he's a good consideration. Yeah. But I don't think he's first ballot by any means. No. Yeah, I think Ryan Howard eventually gets in. I don't. Mm, doesn't I don't. Have, doesn't have enough numbers. Yeah, there's mm. not enough juice there for me. He. Not consistent enough for long enough for me. That was the Philadelphia Phillies player, right? Yep. Yeah, that was the first baseman, the big piece. Mm. Didn't he win a? Didn't he win a? Two thousand eight, he won a World Series. Yeah. Okay. And sure, a lot of people win World Series. They're not in the Hall of Fame. There's a a team of them every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's the best player on that? (laughs) What did you say? Wasn't he the best player on that? Cole Hamels. No, Ryan Howard was the best player on that team at the time. Then I'd probably say. Then I'd probably say Cole Hamels, then Rollins, then Utley. Mm. Then their mismatch of outfielders, mm-hmm. including Jason Worth and Shane Victorino. Yeah, ooh, flying Hawaiian. Flying Hawaiian. I love Shane Respect. Victorino. I, he, his name already fell off the Hall of Fame ballot because he didn't reach five percent plateau. Which, he's not a Hall of Famer. So. No. No, I disagree with you on that one. Uh, well, he's not in the Hall of Fame ballot, so. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Point taken. Hey, I can still have my own opinion. What's wrong? No, <laughs> not necessarily. That's how this works. I decided it's wrong. No, you can't. That's not how this works. Well, I mean, there there is like a factual. Okay, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall yeah. of Famer. He's, not he's quite literally he's not, not in the Hall of Fame. Whatever. In my opinion, he is. He's in Josh's Hall of Fame. Yes. So anyway, getting to more current news. The 2023 MLB All-Star Game will be in Seattle, Washington. Okay, real quick. You said Ryan Howard, not to distract, but we'll come back to this in a second. Ryan Howard's career war, 14.9. 46 for Jimmy Rollins, 64 for Chase Utley. Wow. Okay. Suddenly, Jimmy Rollins doesn't have that big of a case. But anyways, continue. Yeah, so the MLB All-Star Game in 2023 is going to be in Seattle. Cool. <laughs> Go Seattle. <laughs> yep. So no reaction. Got not, it. Not really. I mean, it's an all-star game. I really don't care for all-star games. Got it. it they're just meh. Home run derby. I'll, yeah, I'm in on home run derby. They've been watered down for over 10 years, at least. So, all right, then we'll get to the news that I guess you would rather we're talking about. The Giants became the first team to clinch a playoff spot. Yep. And then the Dodgers clinched a playoff spot. There we go. You still say the Dodgers are going to overtake the Giants? Sure, why not? I think they have more talent than the Giants. I, I think mean, the I Giants... Mean, at some point, everything finds its level. The Dodgers will overtake the Giants. I think the Giants have been way more consistent. The Giants are... I mean, they just... They find a way to win, man. It seems like every other year they win the World Series. Um, I, I think they got a great team, and I'd like to see Buster Posey win another ring. Yeah. So. I, I think the Giants are a good team. I just think the Dodgers yeah. are going to overtake them before the season's over. Yeah, I mean, they roster-wise, it, it would appear that that is probably more than likely. But in terms of, like, what their playoff odds are, I'm still going to lean a little bit in favor of the Giants just because of their history and recent history in the postseason. So. This is this is the first time the Giants are in the playoffs since 2016. Right, but in that run that they had before that, you know, it was like every other year yeah, for about it was four or six years. If it, it was, was like, 
And even yeah, the Giants were most likely going to win until 2016 happened. Right, right. Yeah. And they ran into the buzzsaw that was the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. And the less said about that team, the better. But anyways, uh, continuing. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I'm done with baseball. You're done with baseball. Yeah, this year? just it, the Indians. You know, they're not gonna get into the playoff spot, um, and it's I'm just done. I'm I'm paying attention to them only because you know I write about them on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, I, but I, if I'm saying uh, I'm paying 100% attention all the time to every game that they have, I'd be lying. Because, My mind's on football. Uh, you know, there's a couple things I'm looking at. The, the fact that I guess we can divert this a little bit. Uh, they've now are in history for being the most futile offense of all time. Mm. Being no hit four times in a year. Three. It's four. I don't care what they say. It's four. What was the fourth time? The seven inning notable event or whatever the hell they're calling it. Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got no hit four times. They played a game that was seven innings. It was the game. They were no hit. I do not remember that. Yes. Yeah, that's true. On one yeah. of those doubleheaders, yep. ridiculous seven-inning doubleheader rule. There was a doubleheader. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that this yeah, is a, as much an indictment on the Indians as it is an indictment on the whole game right now. Just like it's not just happening to the Indians. There's been more no-hitters this year than in any year ever in history since like 1880s when like you were still throwing underhand at that time. So like yeah. we're not counting that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I, I don't this, know. Does the fact that like half of them were against the Indians like not help? No, no, <laughs> no. It, it definitely doesn't no. help. But it's when you look at the shift and and you look at spin rates and sticky stuff and all the stuff yeah. that's gone on this year, it's just been like there's a lot that's wrong with the game right now and I, I think that that's part of the reason why uh, the casual fans are checking out sooner at the end of the year. You know, it's because of these these issues that they're having. It's not a very watchable product right now. It's not. It's what essentially happened to, to basketball probably about six, seven years ago. Yeah. It just became nothing but three-pointers and layups. Yes, it's, exactly. It's just home runs and strikeouts now. That's all it uh, is. I mean, the things that I'm looking at when I'm watching the Indians and actually sit time, like, I'm going to watch the Indians play tonight, is I'm watching the top three, four guys in the lineup, depending on Framio Reyes in the lineup or not. And I'm watching Miles Straw, who I absolutely love. The dude steals bases. I love stealing bases. I'm watching yeah. Ahmed Rosario, who's actually looking like he actually can play again. Mm. Uh, and, of course, Jose and Fremio Reyes. Yeah. Yeah. After that, I'm like, I really don't care about 6 through 9, because a lot of time, or 5 through 9. Sometimes 6 through 9. I mean, uh, most of the time, 6 through 9 aren't even above the Mendoza line. I mean, because so. you're, you're seeing guys like Yu Chang and uh, yeah. Daniel Johnson and whoever, whatever the catcher is. So sometimes Roberto Perez, Austin Hedges. Right. Uh, for a minute, it was just Ryan Lavarway uh, <laughs> for the second time yeah. this year. Right. So it's. I'm not like not a lot to be excited about. No, you know, no. Seeing more Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado, nobody wants that. No, um, it's not good. <laughs> no, Owen Miller's playing to get figure out what Owen Miller is. Same yeah, thing with Andres Jimenez. At least they're they're still looking at something, but yeah. Yeah, I think we know what Bobby Bradley is at this point. He's disappointing. Yeah, um, what he's a guy that strikes out a lot and hits a lot of home. He'll hit a decent amount of home runs, but in the end replaceable yes what a way to send out the name indians with not even a playoff spot just a whimper yeah it's probably what baseball's it a harder sport it's than honestly, any other to make the postseason though it's probably what that name deserves honestly same thing with the logo same thing with everything that goes on with it um forgettable season and uh hopefully a forgettable name hmm. pretty much i mean they've they've had the, the name for what is it it's a hundred and Years six years now? 106, I think. 106 that's years right. now? Yeah. Uh, they've had... It's been since 1948 since they've won. The same year they introduced Chief Wahoo. Uh, yeah, coincidence, I think not. 
It's a curse, my friend. Oof. <sighs> the curse of the Wahoo. Yeah. That's an interesting take. I like it. Yeah, you, I'm on was board that all the it. baseball you had, pretty much? Uh, Albert Pujols did something. What did he do? He uh, hit a home run in St. Louis when it's the Dodgers. Yep. But the cool thing about it is it was the second time he did it, hit a home run in St. Louis as a visitor. The first time he did it was when he returned to St. Louis as an angel oh. and hit a home run. That's interesting. So, I lo- so two things with that. Number one, it's cool that he hit a home run in St. Louis um, as a visitor and each time was with... Um, an LA team, right? And even though he was a visitor, the crowd gave him a, gave him a standing ovation each time. Going back to Hall of Fame talk, you want to talk about a first ballot Hall of this Famer? Is the first if there's Hall ever been a first ballot Hall of Famer in my generation, it's Albert. Oh Pujols. yeah, he is a hundred percent. Shout out Albert Pujols, actually having not Shout that out. bad of a year, seventy three games. No, not Dodgers. bad at all. He's got twelve home runs, thirty seven RBIs, way more productive. I mean, uh, if slashing two sixty three oh five four eighty six seven ninety OPS one eleven OPS plus. Pretty impressive. Very impressive. When he was thrown on the literal scrap heap earlier this year. Because he was with the Angels. So Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Anthony Rendon, get the heck out of Anaheim. Mm. I don't know about that. Uh, it's more just get pitching on that team. Yeah. They have any. Yeah. Give them pitchers. Things will change. Pitchers not named Shohei Otani. They yes. need more. Yeah, you okay. need more. and. There's a reason they drafted, what, 21 pitchers in, the, in their entire draft last year? Right. I, I don't know how they move forward with Shohei as a starting pitcher. Like, I, I, It's interesting to see how many games they're going to let him start as a pitcher going forward. I think um, they're going to have to have him pick one of the other. Yeah. I think so, too. That's I, my I, point. Is And I hate to say that because, yeah. I mean, the great thing about him is, is he can do both. You can do both. Yeah. But if they want to get more out of him for longer, I think that it would be smarter for them to pick one or the other. And at this point, I think hitting is obviously the way you should go. So yeah. we are have to hit a commercial break, but when we come back, we are going to start the first of four hockey previews for the Atlanta Hockey Division previews, and we will talk about the home of the division, the reigning defending Stanley Cup champions, two times over, the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is the Atlantic Division. All right. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey, the dreaded (laughs) splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Are you tired of renting, but the idea of owning a home seems unattainable? The Ohio Housing Finance Agency is here to help you realize the dream of home ownership with its 30-year fixed-rate mortgage loans, low interest rates, down payment assistance, and homebuyer education designed to prepare you for your journey to home ownership. Visit ohiohome.org or call 888 362 
888-362-6432 to learn more. That's 888-362-6432. This message is brought to you by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency and aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit FDA.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? You've never experienced anything like this before. From insight, comedy, to whatever Chirk Berserk is doing. This is So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. So what's the catch on All Sports Cleveland? Trying to stump James for over six months and failing. But hope springs eternal. It's Kramer quiz time. Well, so, uh, before we get to the Kramer quiz, uh, we're going to do a quick little round picking of who's going to win the Atlantic Division in the NHL. Everyone pick a team. So, shouldn't everybody know who the teams are in the division? Sure, I guess. Uh, name the notable teams. There's only like three of them. The Florida Panthers... Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Ottawa Senators, Montreal Canadiens, Detroit Red Wings, and Buffalo Sabres. Okay, so you need more than three. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> all eight. Uh, I'll start because I actually have a pick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I like think it. that they are going to be – I think they're going to edge out the Lightning in the regular season. I do expect the Lightning to outperform them in the postseason per usual, but um, I think that the Maple Leafs have a really good shot at having the best record in the NHL this year, in my opinion. Okay. That was going to be boring, but you know what? I am piggybacking off of your pick off Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Consensus. I like I that. am going to – I hate to say this, but for some reason, I think Boston. Boston? Okay. They're the third – they're listed as third best favorites, uh, Vegas odds. More than a feeling. More than a feeling. Nice. I know that nothing well about played. hockey, so I'm just going with my gut, and my gut says that I like maple syrup, so I'm going with the maple. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, we're all rolling with the maple leaves in here this week. All right, who you got, Gino? I'm going with the lightning. Lightning, jerk. Uh, maple leaves. Maple leaves. All right, look all right. at that. All right, now it's Kramer quiz time. Let's go. We'll just do a quick round or table like that for the next couple sh- weeks to get ready for NHL season. All right, so how we end off every show, we got this Kramer quiz here where James has been whooping us all for, like, months now. <laughs> but we have a, uh, you know, a new add-in, and we'll see if that switches anything up. Put your phone down. <laughs> yeah, put your phone down. It is all NFL this week again. Okay. You can't use the San Antonio Holmes question because we already talked about that off mic. Okay. I, he wasn't going to. <laughs> in 2000, who became the first team to make four first-round picks in the same draft? 2000. Houston Texans. No. And remember, new rules, everybody only gets one guess. Carolina Panthers. No. The Bengals. 
now. Washington? You already made your guess. Oh, wait, yeah, never mind. Uh, but I'll go ahead and help everybody out. No. Uh, the Giants. No. Uh, Raiders. So close. Jets. Mm. That, I, I'm assuming that was the team that uh, just kept trading, trading, and trading. Yeah, they had the yeah. 12th, 13th, 18th, and 27th. Who's the year they got uh, Chad Pennington? Oh. Uh, okay. Oh, God. What, which year did the Houston Texans play their first season? 2002. 2002. Yeah, 2002, Mr. Chirk. That was a good, strong answer, Chirk. They beat the Dallas Cowboys in their first game. Who won the Super Bowl MVP award? Oh, never mind. That's the one. Santonio Holmes. Which team won the first ever Super Bowl? Green Bay Green Packers. Packers. Yeah, there's some of these questions that are James didn't even like slightly get out of guess on that either. No, he's, he's just biding his time. I, I know. He's waiting. Uh, in 2013, which quarterback broke a record? Peyton after- Manning. No. <laughs> Let me get the question out, Chirk. In 2013, which quarterback broke a record after throwing a pick six in four straight games? Oh. Oh, I know this. Jameis Winston. It is match Yeah. Was that was kind of like the fumble for Nick Chubb. Like, that was the turn of the tide in the, the game. This is the turn of the tide in the quiz. James mm-hmm. just got back in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I can't say. In 2007, which kicker broke the record for the most field goals in a single game with eight? Vinatieri. No. Rob Baronis. Yes. <laughs> Rest in peace. I had him on my fantasy team. It's definitely Rob Baronis. Rest in peace. He had some real long kicks, like 60-yarders. I thought it would be military. The Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl in 1997. Who was the Charles Super Woodson. Bowl? No. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. Brett Favre. No. Desmond Howard. No. Or, yes. Wait, you already guessed. You already guessed. I know. I accidentally said Chuck yeah, instead Howard. of Desmond. So technically, I guess James gets it. All right. Yeah. New rule. We should let them finish the question. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you no, probably should. Sure. If you're trying. that confident in the answer, shout it out. But yeah. you know what? You will not have a chance to answer. Which number did the legendary Jim Brown wear? 32. 32. Was number 32? Number nine. Number nine. Quite you. <laughs> <laughs> who, won the, who won won the most Super Bowls in the 1970s? Steelers. Was the Steelers? 1965, Gail Sayers Sayers set a record for the most touchdowns scored in a rookie season. How many touchdowns did he have that year? Twenty. No. Any other guesses? Fifteen. No. Thirty-two. No. I will say now. <laughs> 18. No. Chirk is the closest, Gino, if that gives you any idea. All right. 16. 22. Mm-hmm. 22. I was off by I 10. I went two less instead so of two I more. I was off by 10. No, we are not playing closest. <laughs> Which... <laughs> what, which quarterback holds the record for the most career interceptions? Eli Manning. No. Brett Favre. Yes. Yeah. I hate that statistics, but it's true. How many times, or how many total receiving yards did Jerry Rice finish his career with? Oh. 
within how many? You can get uh, within a thousand on this. Okay. Eighteen thousand seven hundred thirty-nine. No, crap. Twenty-two thousand. <laughs> yes. Twenty-two thousand. Twenty-two thousand eight hundred ninety-five. Nice. nice. In 1993, the Bills overcame a 35-3 deficit in the AFC Wild Card. To the Houston Oilers. No. Which team was this against? And it was... Uh, Tennessee Titans. The it music. was the Houston Oilers. I thought it was the Houston Oilers. They beat the Houston Oilers in the 31 to 38. Oh, the music. I was thinking the Music City Miracle. My fault. Okay, here's the difference. You were alive for the Music City Miracle. You were not alive for Circle the Wagons. <laughs> I was not alive for Circle the Wagons either, but I've seen that a lot doesn't of documentaries. Matter. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Who finished their career with more picks, Deion Sanders or Ed Reed? Oh. Ed Reed. Deion. Deion Sanders. It was Ed Reed. Yeah, Ed Reed. Wow. That's an interesting stat. Yeah. Terry Crews was selected in the 11th round of the 91 draft. Which team? Buccaneers. Rams. It was the Rams. Him and Goldberg. <laughs> and Goldberg. Actually, no, I think Goldberg was Falcons. I'm not sure. In 1990, which player broke the record for the most sacks in a single game with seven? Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas. Nice. Yeah. Jerk, I, you're, you're getting some points. I here. saw that recently because of yeah. Chandler Jones having five. Yeah, yeah I yeah. saw that. How many Super Bowls did Z- Barry Sanders play in during Zero. his career? Zero. Zero. Uh, James. I think it's Detroit. It. Come on. Is the score at least close to that? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> James has seven. Chirk has four. That's the, the closest. Which team did the – now – no. Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> Who won the Super Bowl in 1991? The Super Washington Bowl 25. Football Team. No. Falcons. Eagles. No, no, no. Washington won the first Super Bowl to the Patriots. Uh, Our, oh, I know this. The New York no. Giants. Was the Giants? The G-Men. That was against the Bills, I think. Uh, Hold on. When you said 91, Why, not right. 90 91 or 91 90? What was your guess again? I guess the Washington football team. That was still wrong anyways. They won like 93. I was 91. Which player is the only person to play on three consecutive Super Bowl winning teams? Brady. No. Troy Aikman. No. Mm. Ooh, that one's tough. Um, Chris Long. Nope. LeGarrette Blunt. No. Crap. It is a linebacker. I'm not sure. This one's. It's really uh, esoteric. Linebacker Ken Norton Jr. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. I don't know. Yep. It was the Cowboys, and then he went to the Niners. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Donovan McNabb was selected second overall in the 1999 draft. Which quarterback was selected? Tim Couch. I said it first. You did. Dang it. That's good, but for, I mean, okay, Brian, you get a point, <laughs> but Chirk could have used it more. <laughs> uh, you know what? I give my point to Chirk. No, no, no. No, no, no you can't do that. Yes. Who won more Super Bowls during their career, Eli or Peyton? Peyton. Peyton. It's a tie. It's a tie. Trick question. Oh, I do that too. Why did I say Peyton? Both have two. Who was the first ever defensive player to win the Super Bowl MVP award? Desmond Howard. No. Why Charles Woodson. No. <laughs> I was just going with him because of him being the other Heisman winner for Michigan to uh, play for the Packers in a Super Bowl. Jeez. 
What team? It was in 1971. I'll give you that. Was he a cornerback? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> ah, crap. Is this the guy who played in the losing team? Yes. Crap. I can tell you that. I don't know that. <clears throat> uh, it's like... Uh, James, you're, you, I can tell you're close. You know the answer. You just don't know it. Bon Miller? Uh, it's something like Crossley or Crossley or... Chuck Howley. Howley. Yeah, Chuck see, I knew the O-Lee part. Howley. <laughs> there was a C and it ended with Lee. <laughs> Which team did Jerry Rice play his last career game for? Seattle Seahawks. Yes, sir. But he did, I think he did play like he was on the Broncos. He signed with the Broncos in 2005, yes. but never played a game for him. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. In 1992, what team started the season 0-4 and then went on to still win their division? Steelers. No. 1992. No. Packers? Not the Packers. 92, you said? 1992. Started the year 04, went on to finish the year 11 5. Did they get close to the conference championships? He doesn't have that info. Okay. Um. Three, two, uh, Giants. One. No, San Diego Chargers. Uh. <laughs> Who had more Pro Bowls during their career, Ray Lewis or Tony Gonzalez? Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah, Tony. I heard uh, actually Brian above everybody else, but yes. Hey. Hey. I mean, the, the, the James won. Okay. <laughs> James won. Come on, we got like two more minutes. Yeah, let's go. Keep let's going. Just for fun. Which round was Drew Brees selected in 2001? Second. Second. From Purdue. Yep. Here's a Purdue Boilermaker. Which team won Super Bowl in 1976? Super Bowl 10. Cowboys. Uh, no. Raiders. No. Uh, Washington football team. No. 76. It was a team that, like, I'm really surprised none of you are guessing this. Bears. No, no, no. Steelers. And you've all guessed it wrong, and it was the Steelers. Um, and how many years must a player be retired for Five. to be eligible? Yeah, some of these are easy. Yeah. What year did the first Madden game come out? John Madden football. Uh, 1989. 1988. 1988, the year of the birth of the greatest broadcaster ever. Oh, Brian left. Yeah, everybody's gone. Everybody's leaving. We got two minutes. I was going to say, shout out to, oh, there he is. I have to leave. I'm sorry. I got somewhere to be. Real quick, shout out. Birthday, buddy. This weekend. This weekend. September 17th, me and Brian have the same birthday. I'm just one year older than he is. <laughs> so, we are basically in dead air time. Welcome to dead air time. It is the special end to the Kramer quiz. Uh, I got the some champion more. once again. I got some more. <laughs> yes. We got another minute. Who was the NFL? I'm just going to see if I can try to stump James with any one question okay. I can find. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, now now I'm like getting in my head about the question. <laughs> <laughs> Who was selected first overall in the 2000 draft? 2000. Ernie Brown. 2000. Yeah, I knew that one. I had his jersey. I tried. I won that one. So you that's gonna that do it for this week's episode. 
Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. Champ still reigning. <laughs> it's always next hopefully, year. Hopefully we get an outro for next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've been, <laughs> jerk, you've been telling me you don't want me to make an outro. For more information, call 216-578-5900 or visit beyondair.com. We'll do it live.